Love Talk Radio. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited? Time now for the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, you can be all American. I'm asking you now. I'm right? asking you. I can do it now. You can do it now? Yeah, I can do it. But I'm trying to focus on my position. With your host, Chad Wilson. It ain't hating on me on Chad. You know yeah, I got to be something in the mix. Bringing you high school, college, and NFL talk. I don't rap a discipline. Minasa. You all need more discipline. True discipline. Come on, get a grip. Call us on the show today. Yo, get out of my face with that crazy that's, that's, stuff. The number to call, 347-633-9365. Y'all got to take y'all know that. Or you can reach us on Twitter, at Gridiron Studs. And now, your host, Chad Stud Show, Chad Wilson, and possibly Emil Calamino. Is Emil Calamino in the house? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes. Wow. I'm just so, just, I mean, we're surprised now when this thing works because Blog wow. Talk Radio is uh, Blog Talk Radio. Really need some competition. Couldn't do this last week, Emil, because Blog Talk Radio, that's why. Nevertheless, we're here. Um, so I'm not going to complain as much. It's working. We're going to stand our ground. We're going to stand our ground uh, against the uh, organization that is Blog Talk Radio. Nevertheless, we are here. We are on, and we're going to talk college and pro football here for the next hour, hoping to have Joshua Wilson on with me here at the uh, top of the next hour to talk high school football here in the state of Florida. But, uh, Emil, we're here at yes. week seven already. Week seven here already. 
Football and season really though. flies by. Every year we say it, we're amazed. We say, oh, you know, I can't believe it's this, it's that. But it, it seems like every year it just flies by. Yeah, just blowing by here. And uh, that is the case here for this season. Hey, your baseball team and my baseball team appear headed towards um, possible collision. Don't jinx it. Don't World jinx series. it. You're going to be like my wife. Don't jinx it. Already said it. We've been Already waiting a long time for this, you and I, to relive our youth. So maybe, have, just maybe, maybe. We have two tough teams, though, that uh, got to get through here for this thing to happen. Your Dodgers are taking on the Never Say Die Cubs. And uh, Yeah, I mean, that game turned on a dime last night. I was watching that, man. That that thing was one minute you look, you're thinking, hey, the Nationals finally got over the hump and they're going to get to the NLCS. And then you wake up from 4-1, you turn, you blink, and it's 8-4 Cubs. It's like, whoa. Yeah, isn't that something? Yeah, so that's uh, what you've got there. And then the Yankees are going to take on a team that I just I have a hard time just even picturing them being in the American League just because they never were growing up. But nevertheless, they are. Uh, and the Yankees are going to be taking on the Astros. If they can get by the Astros, they're in the World Series and possibly against the Dodgers. Uh, you that's think the, hey, Chad, do you think the TV execs are excited? Because really, if you look at the Final Four this year, um, you got four – very strong teams, um, and four matchups that no matter what you know, no matter how it shakes out, if you play it out in your head, you almost can't come up with a bad World Series. I don't know. Do they really want Astros Cubs though? That's probably the only one I would say. You know, it's probably not thrilling to them, but because the Cubs draw, they can probably sell it good. I mean, of course, Yankees Cubs, Yankees Dodgers. Uh, is is where they want to go there, you know, pre- preferably. Yeah, even Yan- uh, even Dodgers, Astros is probably an easier sell um, because of the market being L.A. and the story they could put behind that. But uh, it's probably not a horrible series. There's been worse than Cubs-Astros. Yeah, market market size, though, you got four big ones there. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's, you could sell it. You could get it on anybody. I don't know. Are you gonna and the Astros, don't forget, Chad, the city had the whole – tragedy with the hurricane so that you know i mean i hate to you know, sure so the fix uh, is in sure much. well no i just mean it's a, it's an easier there's a lot of backstory there that they can do uh leading up to that so i mean i i think they're pretty yeah, we happy just love backstories don't we love them yeah well let's not talk about any games let's just talk about the backstory right the human interest thing that's what gets these that's what gets these sports in trouble anyway Nevertheless, you uh, wanted to talk about your Dallas Cowboys leading into this. No, not, you- not football Dallas Cowboys. I want to talk about my chief circus man, Jerry Jones, the, the man well, in charge yeah. of the circus. Have the, have the floor. But before you jump on that, let me just say this. Um, I think I'm kind of on record if you follow me on social media about the whole uh, protest thing. Um, I don't know that the players taking knees right now um, is the best strategy. Um, I definitely understand um, protesting. I definitely understand the reasons for the protest. I don't necessarily agree with the tactics. And and you know me, Amol, if I'm anything, I'm strategic. I just don't think the knees are the way to go right now. With that said, though, um, I think the National Football League, and one thing that I've really noticed about the National Football League, at least under Roger Goodell, is sure the game has expanded. Um, you've reached a larger audience that cannot be disputed. 
But one thing that really has bothered me about the National Football League over the last several years is that they seem reactive to everything. They're not proactive on anything. They don't seem to get out ahead of anything. When Colin Kaepernick took that knee, and then you had one other player. The moment you had one other player outside of Colin Kaepernick take that knee, I think that was time for you to start getting out in front of this thing and talking to the players and start. uh, You know what? You know what it is, man? I think NFL football players, yes, everyone, they are highly paid. But that does not mean um, they need to just tuck all of their feelings away because they're highly paid. That's just not how that's going to go. That's not how life works. I think above all, what they really just want is – for their employer to care about them, care about an issue that is near and dear to them. Yes, they're highly paid. Many of them did not start off their life that way. Um, They came from meager beginnings, and they also have family members that are still in that situation. So to think that the moment they signed a million-dollar contract, they just said, forget everyone else in my family or my friends or where I grew up is just really short-sighted and blind by anyone who opens their mouth to say that. I think what it just boils down to now at this point, the knees are just about acknowledging that we have this situation and then can you do something to help us because we are affected by it. We're going out, we're performing each and every Sunday. We're growing this game for you. We're making you billionaires and the game is expanding. On our performances, can you just for one second care about what it is that's going on with us and why we feel the way that we do. And I think that's just really what it boils down to. Well, yeah, before I get into Jones, let me address some things you said. I think, I think there was a a poor job done. And I don't mean this to be condescending by the NFL in terms of explaining to some of these guys how this can impact them them in a negative way. Um, I get the pro I'm on record saying, listen, I think you should stand. That said, I understand both sides of the argument. I really do. Um, So I think the NFL could have done a proactive job early on, like you said, explaining to guys, listen, we get where you're coming from, and we want to work with you, and we're we're open to, you know, having some discussion behind the scenes, forming some committees with the players, how we can, you know, address this in a positive way. Um, Because what you're doing now is negative in that it's going to impact our bottom line. And if our bottom line gets impacted, ultimately, your bottom line gets impacted. Because no, not even ultimately, Emil. I mean, that's the that's the first place that it's going to be felt. If you know any right, business, it's the biggest cost for the owners is, is salary. So it's real yeah, simple. And, and, I mean, and, if if I you know if I make less money, so hurt. do you. When the company gets hurt, what's the first thing that happens? Layoffs. You, now, you really can't do layoffs in the NFL. But you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna start going after salaries, and they can ill afford to do that in this day and age. Well, I've I've listened to people online, listened, I've I've read, and people are misunderstanding. I've I've heard friends of mine post, well, they, these guys should just refuse to play, and and uh, then the owners will have nothing okay. to sell. Uh-huh. You've got to understand something. If you own a professional sports team in any of the four major leagues, and I include soccer, even you know that that's huge too. That is something that when you're a billionaire, you buy that because it takes you to the next level of rich. In other words, instead of bragging about your Ferrari to your friends, they all have one of those. I mean, rich dudes with billions of dollars have Ferraris and Lamborghinis and fancy cars. You own a professional team, so when you get to go to the party, 
you wave it in your other billionaire friend's face or multimillionaire friend's face, yeah, but mm-hmm. you don't own a professional football team or professional basketball team or whatever. See, right. they don't care. Boy. They're not going broke. If the NFL stopped tomorrow, these guys aren't going broke. Un- understand that. So look at what happened in the 87 strike. For those of you who aren't old enough, go back and research it. They broke the union. You know why? Because ultimately, at the end of the day, billionaires who are buying toys, which is what a sports franchise is to most of them, mm-hmm. can afford for it to not play. <laughs> sure. It's simple. They can. Life so, will go on for them. Um, they'll lose their toy. They'll find something else. They'll get another toy. And, and I'm not saying this to be mean-spirited. I'm saying it as a business person trying to explain. I think the NFL could have sat down with the guys and said, we're with you. We understand everything Chad said. I'm not going to reiterate. You said it better than I did. We get that. So let us help you in a positive way because this isn't going to be positive. And here's what people have to acknowledge. If you're in an echo chamber on either side of this argument, get out of it and try to understand statistics. Vast majority still in our country, right, 51 50% of people are white. Rest, you know, about 13 14% black, obviously Latinos big. So – You've got still majority of people watching the NFL are white Americans, many of them very patriotic. So you're going to be on the minority side in the argument if you like the kneeling. You've got to understand that, and that's okay. You don't always have to be in the majority. It doesn't make you right just because you're in the majority. But what I'm saying is this is not playing well for the league. So they need to find a positive way to take this cause forward where it gets more people in the room. Because when you start getting people leaving the room, which is what is happening with with ratings, there's no dialogue. And if there's no dialogue, you're back in that echo chamber with people who just agree with you. And that's great, except you're not furthering your cause. No, it's just circulating around a room full of people who agree. I I get you there. You had, um, was this along the lines of... Well, Jerry, I want to get to Jerry, because Jerry really annoyed me. What's going on there? Okay. Jerry telling his players, yeah, Jerry Jones tells the players, you know, you're going to stand or you're not playing. Okay, now the cynic in me looked at this immediately and saw where this was going. Okay, and this is what I truly believe in my heart, following the Cowboys my whole life. Jerry really didn't have to come out with a statement. The players had basically settled this behind closed doors. They had their moment in Arizona. From what I understand, there was no Cowboy player saying that they wouldn't stand. Okay. Dak Prescott's a vocal leader on that team. He's made it very clear while he understands the plight of, of different players and so, and he has nothing against what they're doing, he'll be standing. And chances are if your quarterback's standing and he's a leader, most guys are going to follow the lead. And that's kind of been where that's going. I think Jerry Jones made a calculated bet here. And he said to himself, okay, A, my team's a circus this year. The Elliott thing's been hanging over this team since since it was announced. They just don't look like the same team as last year. Probably headed for a mediocre season. And if you look at it, you know, I, I, right now what I'm seeing on the field, I got the Cowboys as an 8-8, eight 7-9 and eight, seven and nine team. And if he's being honest with himself, so does he. Um, but I have a brand. And see, for Jerry, while he likes to win, or so he says, the biggest, most important standings for Jerry – are the Forbes list that comes out every year that tells them the Cowboys are the most valuable sports franchise in America. To me, that's more important to Jerry than wins and losses. So he made a calculation. He said, I own America's team, and there's nothing more American than the flag and standing up for the national anthem. 
and I've got a I've got a mediocre team. And I know when I say this, it's probably going to fracture my team. But you know what? Mm-hmm. We can be mediocre, fractured, or together. But right now we're mediocre. But I'll tell you one damn thing: when I tell these guys to stand, Cowboy fans and anybody who spent any time in Texas, which I my daughter lived there, so I've spent some time in Texas. No, the Texans love the flag, mm-hmm. love the national anthem, along with their guns. And when he said that, I'm sure in the state of Texas, it played very well if they polled it. And across mm-hmm. the country, as I said, the vast, you know, that over, well over 50% think they should be standing. So the point is, Jerry, I think, made a business decision. I really do. And that, you know, I don't think he really cares if the team is fractured. Because I think he looked at what he saw on the field and said, you know what, we ain't winning the Super Bowl anyway. I want to protect right. my brand. Sure, uh, and I understand that. And then again, you know, this this is another instance in which I, I think a lot of what happened here is the NFL um, and and Jerry Jones thought, okay, there'll be a couple knees. This thing will go away. We could just ignore it. it. Won't be a problem. And what what really should have happened there with Jerry? And maybe he just got caught up in, um, in you know, just not really thinking about. Uh, immediately about what his core fan base would think. I don't think anyone thought that it would explode into this. I will tell you this, our uh, uh, number 45, I just refused to call this guy by his name, but 45 (laughs) throwing gas on this thing didn't help the situation at all. It's so anti like what Obama would do or what even a president would do. Like, you know, you're here to really calm problems down and it just seems wherever a problem um, arises wherever a fire arises he's there with a gas can and that was the situation with this and so when he came out and you know this thing might have very well played itself out and died down had 45 not thrown gas on it um, and then when the fire started to go down a little bit more he sends Pence on his stunt last week and you know just throw make the fire bigger but I think it you know what creeped me out Chad by the way with him of all, everything in this whole thing what creeped me out was a statement the other day and honestly, anybody who knows the show, which Chad and I laugh about all the time, I'm a Republican. So, you know, just so you understand where I'm coming from on this. It creeped me out the other day when he talked about using the tax code to to punish the NFL. So, yeah, you know, more than a Republican, I'm a libertarian. I believe yeah. that, you know, if you're not bothering anybody and you're not breaking the law, I really, by and large, do what you want to do. I might not agree with it, but if you don't bother me or my family, I'm pretty much cool with it. Mm-hmm. What bothers me is that the guy's using the power of the government or the threat of you know taxes to the NFL, different threats to get people to behave in a manner that he wants them to behave, and that should scare everybody. It doesn't matter who the president is. That's yeah, yeah. I mean, he's behavior. trying all kind of nonsense that probably is not going to happen. But just the fact that he was suggested and that's his mindset, it's just ridiculous. But nevertheless, it got bigger than I think guys did. And Jerry Jones really could have done himself a service to do what it is you were talking about very early in this process. Hey, guys, I see that this thing's going on around the league. Here's where we stand on it. Here's, here's my personal feelings. Here's what the organization – here's a situation that the organization is in. And you see the closed-door meeting that was had this week? Should have been had weeks mm-hmm. ago. Should have been sure. had weeks ago when this thing was flaming up because you had to realize at a certain point, hey, this doesn't look like it's going away. And before we get – caught really in the middle of something here, which is what you are now, let's get out and talk about this so that there's an understanding from both sides about what 
how we're feeling and, and what we need to have happen. And yes, Jerry Jones, you run the Cowboys. So at the end of the day, what you say goes. And that's the, that's the part that people are having a hard time understanding, the general folks out there in social media, having a hard time understanding. Okay, I get you have all these feelings. That's this guy's company. He sets the rules. Well, you saw my example on one of your posts. I mean, let, you know, let's hypothetically pretend that you and I, you had a show that you owned on, mm-hmm. on a huge radio station. I'm on your show. And mm-hmm. I told you know the way I feel about some things. And you said, listen, Emil, that's cool. We're friends. You feel like that. That's great. But you can't put it up on social media. It's damaging the show. Well, it's my right to put it up there. I may put it up there. You may tell me, Emil, sure. you can't come on my show anymore. I love you, brother, but that's, that's it. That's my right. Yeah, I got right. the right to do that. So right, um, that's I mean, the part that's... people aren't understanding, and it's hard to get that across, especially the people who uh, don't own or have never owned a business and understand um, the risk, um, understand the pressure and the responsibility that comes with that. I, it's looking like that's a very difficult thing for people to understand. And so that's why owning a business isn't really for everybody. They just don't understand a lot of what comes along with it. I guess it's not readily apparent. But well, they use the term rights, and people confuse. You have lots of rights as an American, tons of them. I mean, I have the right every day to wear shorts and drink a fifth of bourbon, okay? But if I work for somebody and I came to the office with shorts liquored up, I, even though my, my I'm not violating the law or my right as long as I didn't drive there. Yeah, they, no, you're, you're right, though. No, you're right. You're right about that. And uh, that's the, the hard part. But uh, nevertheless, um, it's, you know, it, we, we really try to talk about the action on the field here on this show. But uh, with the way society is right now and, the, and all these things we have going on on the side, it's really kind of hard to avoid it. But nevertheless, that's our we've done, what, 21 minutes on that right here. Yeah, we're good that's on that. All, that's all we're going to do on that right now. We do need to talk about the action that's on the field. We're going to do that when we get back on the show. We're going to talk about the college football matchups that are coming up this week. A couple of really good games heading here. And then uh, we have our picks. That and more when you get back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoff. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one day contest for $25 and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! Uh. 
Quantum Nephon! What are you doing? I'm doing some sweet bung chow moves. I'm a little better than everyone else here. Erickson, you must follow direction. You rack a discipline. Nuh-uh, I don't rack a discipline. Minasa, you all need more discipline. True discipline come from with... All right, we're back here on the Gridiron Stud Show, 10-24. College football action on us this weekend. And uh, there have been some interesting things. We didn't, you know, you and I didn't get a chance to talk on air last week. Um, Why was know, that? Is there yeah. a reason? Be- because Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> because yes. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> That's why. Uh, but, you know, right now, Amel, and I know I'm putting you on the spot. I didn't really prep you for this. Give me your top four. If if the if the playoffs were tomorrow, what four teams are you putting in college football playoffs right oh, now? Oh, you're gonna make me piss off a lot of people here, but um, I'm putting uh, in that's Clemson. What we I'm putting, to do. Sure, I'm putting in Clemson. I'm putting in Alabama. Um, even though it can't play out this way, if you're asking me the top four, I'm putting Georgia in there. Obviously, mm-hmm. if they run the table, play Alabama in the SEC championship game, I doubt both of them would make it because they played the week before the playoffs started, so you already decided that. But right now I'm putting Georgia in there, and I've got Washington in there over Penn State. Um, and, I, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, both Penn State and Washington right now to this point have played cupcake schedules, mm-hmm. and I just feel – Washington's been more impressive. I watch a lot of Penn State living up here, and I, you know, I'm interested. Um, they cannot run the football, and they have a generational talent, and they struggle to run the ball against Indiana and Northwestern, which is a big, big. Uh, if I'm Penn State, it's a neon sign for me because they have some games coming up against Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State in a row. That if they cannot run the football they are going to lose one or two of those games. Well, I mean, you just, uh, you know, you just talked about four undefeated football teams, and we just have this preset idea that um, undefeated means best or one of the best. No, it doesn't. So, uh, well, that's just the general feeling um, across college football fans across the country. Um, give me a couple of one-loss teams that you think would be worthy of being in that top four. Well, I mean, right now, I mean, and I know I'm going to get killed on this, but I think Ohio State, I mean, I know they had that really poor showing um, early in the season against Oklahoma. But, again, it was early in the season. If they continue on the trajectory they're on, I think by the end of the season, um, they could certainly be in that discussion because they're playing some good football now, and they're going to have plenty of opportunity with these games coming up with Penn State, with Michigan, and then obviously against Wisconsin in, in the championship game. Um, Wisconsin's a team I didn't mention. Um, I can't mm-hmm. get past their quarterback play sometimes, but somehow they're 5-0. and um, They've managed to survive all these years without that. It's just amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, you know, so th- there are a couple teams. You know, I mean, uh, listen, my team, USC, is hanging around on the periphery. They've got the talent. I don't know where that's going to go. They have enough schedule left to certainly – vault themselves if they could run the table into the playoff because they're going to have to play Notre Dame and Utah this week and and they're going to play Washington most likely Oregon Washington State another team we haven't mentioned that's playing great ball so I mean it's wide open right now I mean there's a lot that can happen between now and the end of the season and a lot of this is going to play out Washington's going to play Washington State in their annual grudge match that's going to decide the north 
one of them most likely, unless USC has a complete collapse, is going to play USC because USC should win the South. But I could be singing a different tune if they lose on Saturday to Utah. But you get my point. I mean, I think there's a lot to be seen what happens here. There's a, there's, there's a team that I, I did not hear you mention here. Oh, I know um, what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. TCU, because you were all yeah, over like, early what, in the season. What's up with TCU? Like, people just want to keep looking. Past. I, it's a good thing for TCU. Um, you don't need any eyes on you like that right now. Just continue to win football games. But what is is it a Big 12 thing? or what It's a Big is 12 it thing. It's a Big 12 yeah. thing for me. I mean, again, there's a couple things with that conference. I think they need to figure out how to get a playoff going or a, a championship game. I think that's a problem. Well, they are um, they are going to have one this year. Am I am yeah. I wrong on that? They are, but you know, it's 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 it seems contrived the way they're doing it. I mean, I think they need two more teams there, get it to the two six team divisions, go from there. The other thing is, I have a big, and this is a personal thing, obviously, and doesn't reflect on your beliefs. You may feel differently. I have a tough time with Big Twelve football because, frankly, I feel like I'm watching a seven on seven game. It just seems no, I, so. I get it. I know people are just really down on the whole. Um, they don't want to play defense in that league. And I'm with you. Look, if anyone loves defense, it's, it's me. Uh, it just looks like TCU has always been that team that has been against that. They've gone against the flow. They've been a team interested in playing defense, even in years where they didn't weren't so great on defense. Um, there just seemed they to be tried, is what you're saying. It's not yeah. like it wasn't for lack of effort. It was just for lack of talent. The years it didn't work out. Right. You know, for you're, all these you're, other yes. teams, um, defense seems to be something you just do while you're waiting to go on offense again. And and that's that's not the case for TCU. And I think they've got a really strong team this year. And I think at the end of the day, they're really gonna have a they're, they're really gonna have a say so when it comes to this whole uh, college football playoff. Which, by the way, uh, was it you that sent me? The clip of Mike Leach talking about um, the, the how the playoffs are settled <laughs> uh, right below well, Division and One. And you know we football. have this thing, and it's, guess what? At Division One AA, they have a playoff. A playoff? Holy crap! Holy crap! And then he goes, but you know what? No, no. Let's use the NFL because they're the best of the best, right? Yeah. And they decide their champion <laughs> with well a playoff, and it has a hell of a lot more than four teams. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love Mike Leach. I mean, sometimes he's way out there. Um, you know, he's a guy that's seen spaceships uh, and aliens. Yeah. But sometimes a guy just really makes sense, man. And I just couldn't help but, you know, repost. Let me throw that. this one out at you. I want to throw this out at you because there's a team I'm staring at that's on TCU schedule. Um, the game is home for TCU, but it's a, can Oklahoma overcome that loss last week? And I asked that because sure. The early season winning against Ohio State looks nice, but then it's if you're if you're on that committee, how do you overlook a loss at home as a thirty point favorite? If you're going to lose in college football, let's be honest. You and I have talked about this. Road losses in the conference are far more excusable, first of all, than home losses. In other words, you can lose on the road in conference play once, and it will they'll give you a pass on that usually because. It's a road game in conference. They're hard to win. I don't think fans understand one of the toughest things to do is win on the road in college football and college basketball. It just is because of the the enthusiasm of home crowds. But how right. do, you, do you think they can overcome 
a loss at home to Iowa State where they no, were a they 30 and a half point favorite. They can't because it's already trouble for the Big 12. You, 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 you and I both know that. It's trouble for them. Um, and then, look, the line was out of whack, okay, because this was definitely a better Iowa State team than in years past. And I think they just got a brand name line in that game. But let's say even if you took 10 points off of that line going in. And it yeah, you're was, a three-touchdown uh, favorite. You're a three-touchdown yeah, favorite. Yeah, um, you can't. You can't lose that game. Now, Oklahoma is going to go and try and um, embarrass everyone else that they can on the rest of their schedule. Um, I just don't think you can over – at the end of the day, there's just going to be so much competition to be a part of that four, and they're just going to have that really ugly it's, – it's, you know what it is? It's a drunk driving arrest on your application for the job. No, and you know what it reminds I, me of? And, I, and, and you'll remember this. It, re, it reminds me of – the 2007 USC team that lost by as a 40-point favor at home against Stanford when Stanford was just becoming what they are now when Harbaugh right. took over. Right, the line should have been that. The line shouldn't have been yeah. that. But the still. line should have been probably 28 in that game. But the point was that team ended up at the end of the year. They lost two games, and there was a couple two-loss teams, by the way. That was, I think, the year LSU as a two-loss team won it. It was an mm-hmm. odd year. Their other loss that year was Mark Sanchez's very first collegiate start on the road because their quarterback got hurt in the Stanford game against Oregon at Oregon by seven. And then they killed people. And they were legitimately at the end of the year, they ended up 11-2 and and in the top five in the country. But they could never overcome that Stanford loss because the voters said, you lost to a team you're at home that you were 40-point favorites against. And you know what, Amol? That just sucks. Um, and then let, we got to go back to Mike Leach. This is why you have a legit playoff. Because, hey, listen, the New York Giants won a Super Bowl at 9-7. and seven. You know why? They got hot when it was time to get hot. And so by the end of the year, they were um, essentially, as proven in the end, the best football team in the NFL. And when we have a four-team playoff um, based on, you know, a couple of people that get in a room and vote on something, you're going to leave out teams that might be better in December than they were in September, and at that point in December, that's the they might be the better. Sport. That's the object is to keep getting Get better. better now, as you here, go look, yeah, we crush people early. We we just we, do. Well, we do. You know that. what though? I think people are making it harder than it has to be. I don't know. At first, I was a big advocate of the 16-team playoff, and then I listened to a guy who's gone off the rails a little bit lately, um, with since he's moved from ESPN, is Colin Cowherd, a guy you and I both like. Uh, right. But he had a point years ago just talking about any playoff. Sometimes more is not better, like the NBA playoffs. I really don't need to see the Golden State Warriors crush the number eight seed. Okay, I, more is not necessarily better. I think you could probably get the college football thing done very simply with an 18 playoff. You've got five major conferences. You make those champions automatic bids, very simple make the conference worth something. You win it, you're in. You have your little committee for your three at large, same way the NCAA basketball tournament does. You pick your three at large, and away we go. I don't necessarily need to see Middle Tennessee State champions of the whatever Sunbelt Conference or play Alabama. That's not really something I need to see. Yeah, um, and, and listen, it just keeps going back to that whole thing that I set up. I don't want to break my arm pat in my back here, but – I went through a lot of trouble to put that whole playoff system. You did a together. nice job with that. I'm not saying I'm not saying that. Uh, you know, you, just because you're my Before friend, I, you, died, I, I thought you put a lot of thought on into that. Yeah. It was good, good stuff. Yeah, 
Yeah, before I before I check out, I'd love to see something like that put together. Let's just do something that makes um, sense. Since Division One AA can do it and the NFL can do it, you know what the heck? What what the heck are we doing? All right, let's talk about the games on the field this weekend in college football. A couple of games tonight. Have you noticed this, Amo? Like the the Friday night menu's been stepping up. What do you think that's all about? Why are they infringing? Well, on high I mean, ball? I think it's about like you, like we know the eyeballs. You know, you're not. Let, let's face it. You know, no, no offense to anybody who went to a Mac school and has them as a as a team, but you know, Akron and Buffalo is not going to get many eyeballs on a Friday night. You know, you're not stopping what you're doing on Friday night to say, hey, let me, you know, let me run over and get that Akron Buffalo game on TV. Why are you dissing Akron, man? I just picked them out of the you, you want to pick somebody else from the conference? You want to go to a Sun Belt? I mean, you go where you want to go with that. Man, I ain't stepping in that dog poo. But you're right. Uh, Washington State, California should be a decent game. Washington State, a 16-point road favorite. I have to adjust my eyes uh, to something well, like that. Well, that's but... a dangerous, you know, and I'm, you're probably going to be laughing at me next week because I'm going to go, that's a dangerous spot for Washington State. I'm going to tell you why. They played that game last week. And if, if I remember my history right, they took it to Oregon on the road last week. And, you know, not the same Oregon from Chip Kelly era, but, but you know, he's rebuilding the program. Oregon played decent early. They took it to them on the road. And now they're on a short week back-to-back road game. And, you know, Cal struggled in the conference, but the schedule hasn't been kind to them. I mean, Cal's played at USC, Washington. Out of conference, they've had some nice wins. I mean, they beat uh, Mississippi at home. They went on the road, and I know Carolina is struggling this year, but North Carolina is not an easy place for a team like Cal to travel to across the country and get a win. So if I'm Washington State, I'm careful in this spot here. Um, I, I, I would agree with that, um, but they've just found ways to not get it done for whatever reason in the conference, and I've already been bitten by them, so maybe I'm just um, a little bit jilted if I could – Use that word. All right, let's talk about. Uh, I don't know if you had any interest in either one of these. Clemson is playing on Friday night. How about that? Taking on Syracuse. Yeah, I see they're coming favorite. up here to uh, up north to play Syracuse. Um, Syracuse, you know, I I know the the last fifteen years have not been kind to Syracuse football, but they're three and three this year, and they quit it themselves fairly nicely at LSU and at NC State. I mean, they went to LSU, lost by nine. Uh, uh, 35-26, put up some points. And and NC State's a decent team, and, you know, they're ranked, and they went there and lost 33-25 and, you know, put up some points and and played a fairly good football game. So, you know, I I don't know if they're not going to beat Clemson, but hopefully they can hang with them a little bit, make it interesting. Yeah, uh, so we'll see if if that is indeed the case. Um, Clemson quarterback Kelly Bryant is going to play in the game tonight. ESPN ought to be extremely happy about that. Uh, your Wisconsin Badgers that you talked about, big 17-point favorites against Purdue. Is there anything in the way that you think that could stop them from winning at them? I, I can't. I mean, uh, well, picking the point spread, I don't see Wisconsin losing the game. Purdue has been another team that's pleasantly been been better than expected this year. They're 3-2. and two. They played Louisville tough in that opener. Um, it'd be nice to see Purdue get a little bit better. I, you know, it's it's hard when you have teams like that in a major conference where they just every year they suck. And right now, Purdue, Rutgers, and Illinois fall into that category in the Big uh, Big Ten. So I would like to see Purdue be competitive. I think Wisconsin wins the game though, easily at the end. Yeah, I think that's what odds makers are saying. They're 17 point 
favorites yeah. in this in this contest. Texas Tech and West Virginia. What do you make of West Virginia? I mean, they're a little bit better than I thought they were going to be. But are, are they? Well, I'll are tell they, you exactly what I make of them because I'm going to pick this game for us when we get to the college well, picks. I'm going to throw a pick out there on the West Virginia Texas Tech game. Uh, you're going you're gonna to dab into that into that Big 12. I'm going to dive huh? into that cesspool that is Big 12 football. You're going to learn. Louisville, uh, I'm a little bit surprised by this line given how they've struggled a little bit more than I thought they would. Uh, I guess odds makers are saying they're going to be pretty mad off of what happened last Thursday night against Boston College, but they're 21.5-point favorites against Boston College in uh, ACC action on Saturday. Yeah, well, Boston College – just they really can't score, Chad. I mean, I think that's where that's coming from. I think they it's feel an with Jackson. For them too. Well, right. No matter how much defense you play, if you keep leaving it out there against a guy like Jackson, he's going to score. And I think that's what Ozmakers feel. I mean, go down the, the the list of BC. You know, they got that early win. You thought maybe this program's going to do something this year. Beat a decent Northern Illinois team at, on the road by three. Then they score 10 points against Wake Forest, get blown out. Notre Dame, they get 20 points, but not even close. They got beat by four touchdowns. Clemson, they get a seven spot. I mean, you know, 10 last week against Virginia Tech. There's nothing to suggest here. They're going to put up more than 10 or 14 points, and that's hard if you're playing a guy like Jackson. So I think that's where that line's coming from. Yeah, um, and you might be right. Uh, interesting, interesting game in line here. Florida State traveling to Duke one week after – the uh, huge disappointment in the – they've got their seven-game win streak against the U ended uh, in, in one of the hardest ways. So, my alma mater. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, all the fans want to say they're back. Um, this would be one good key to that being the case, um, ending that silly seven-game losing streak to uh, Florida it State. It should have By ended way, last year. I felt that Miami played a good, uh, well enough last year to end that streak, and – it, you know, I, I, I think that if they if they got fortunate on Saturday a little bit, it was it was well deserved because I felt like they had been unfortunate the last couple of years. So I'm um, a bit nervous about Florida State fans being able to say they own the longest streak um, in win streak in the series if they would have come away and get eight because that's been the longest for both sides. Both sides have seven game win streaks, and I just didn't want to be. Well, I wanted to make this Florida a pick State by State. the way in this game. I really, really wanted to take Florida State I, or I, just. I, did you really? I did because I wanted, you know, a program like that, when you're one and three and you lose a game, you know, and you're, you look at those standings, usually, if the, you know, they have talent there. We know that. Uh, you, you look at a team like Duke and you just come out and you say, you know, it's time. You know, it, enough is enough. And you just kick the crap out of somebody. But I don't know if they can, with the expectations on the program this year, coming into the season ranked third in the country, sitting here in mid-October with, with three losses, losing to their arch rivals. I'm not sure what team shows up Saturday and if they can get up properly to go on the road and win big. I, I just, I, you know, I'm not going to touch this one. I, I don't know what, what the mindset is there. Emil Duke's 4-2. Now, granted, I understand they're on a two-game losing streak. This is a 4-2 football team off of back-to-back losses. So they, too, are coming in here wounded. Should be a good battle. I, seven points is a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot on the road, especially, you know, as we talk yeah, about. I, I think in all the sports, Chad, the two – I've said this to many people. I think winning on the road in college, big-time college sports, football, basketball particularly, is harder than anything. Harder than winning on the road in the NFL, NBA, baseball, you name it. I think I think the road wins in college football, I, fans really don't understand how hard it is to win on the road. 
interesting game here, and I, you know, you just heard me sing the praises of Kansas of uh, TCU. But I, one thing I do know, I'm, I'm always there is Kansas State in the Big Twelve. Uh, and Bill Snyder, the one, the most underrated uh, of coaches. Um, this is a tough one here for TCU going in there is almost a touchdown favorite versus Kansas State in Manhattan. You don't just waltz into Manhattan, Kansas, and walk out with a victory. No, this had my antenna up. I was ready to maybe pull the trigger on this and make this one of my picks. I really love a, a program like a Kansas State. Flies under the radar every year, as you point out, well-coached, getting points like this at home. But I'm just scared. The quarterback's banged up. I'm not sure he's playing. Uh, it, I, I don't know. They had a hard game last week. They lost that heartbreaker to Texas in overtime. So it's just hard for me to, to 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 pull the trigger there, but I would not be laying points here with TCU. I think this could be a barn burner. Yeah, I think it is one of those games where TCU is going to have to find a way to win at the end. I think they do ultimately win it, but six and a half is uh is heavy. I think for uh, TCU in this game, especially after the kind of game they had to they had to uh, go through last week. Um, a wild one against West Virginia. They might be a little bit too giddy off of that. I do want to see TCU remain, for obvious reasons, um, undefeated in this season. Big one in the uh, Pac-12 South, your school, USC, at home, taking on Utah. Big number, big, big number here in favor of uh, USC. I have a pick on this game, Emil. Where do you stand on it? Uh, I wouldn't make it an official pick, but an eyebrow went up when I saw the number. Um, So I started digging into it because I I expected this to be like seven and a half, eight points. And I started looking down the, you know, the the ledger for Utah. And I said, well, they're always a solid club. But, you know, early on they played North Dakota and a bad BYU team this year in San Jose State. And, you know, last week Stanford beat them at home. And I looked at USC, and I know USC obviously following them. I, I said, I think they rested Tried to use last week a little bit, almost like a bye. They played Oregon State. They were 33-point favorites. They won by 28. They had quite a few guys sit out that game with injuries. So I don't know if maybe the, the Vegas knows something about them getting healthy or whatever, but that line smells funny to me. just smells really funny. Well, we'll see what I know about it. As yeah, we'll again, see what you say. I have a, yeah, I have a pick on this game. Red River rivalry uh, had been dead over the last few years. Um, I think what most folks are hoping here is that it starts to get stirred back up, but it's Oklahoma. Uh, we talked about them, took a L, uh, Iowa state. So they kind of, they're, they're wearing a scarlet letter, I guess, for the rest of the season in Texas, trying to get things back going under Tom Herman, Oklahoma, a rising nine point favorite in this game. It's three thirty. Yeah, big number. I got a pick on this game. I got a pick on this game. I like pick, you know me, I'm a big game hunter. This, I like this game used to be, game. this game used to be at noon. Uh, all the time. Somehow it's flowed over to 3.30 Eastern time on ESPN. Amel, I like well, Texas you know, people don't understand this game. You do because you're involved with recruiting. Um, this game, the dislike between these two schools is pretty close to like a, an Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama, Auburn. These two schools really don't like one another. I mean, they're in each other's backyard recruiting the same players in the North Texas area. Um, so this this is a, a heated rivalry, and because it's played in October, I don't think many fans outside of the Southwest understand how big of a rivalry it is. Yeah, um, I agree with you on that. It's kind of like the same thing with Florida State, Miami. I'm seeing kind of the same things here with Oklahoma and Texas, but I like Texas in this. I think nine is a is a bit of a heavy number for Oklahoma. Yeah, I get that you're pissed about what happened with Iowa State, but it happened, and it happened for a reason. So you might not be that good, and I don't know that nine 
Uh, that's a that's a, a heavy number. I'm interested in seeing what you think about it. Ohio State and Nebraska. I have a pick on that one. What what are your thoughts? Uh, I'm curious your pick. One thing in college football I always hate doing is laying double digits on the road. Uh, but that said, I'm I'm watching this Nebraska team play this year, and my God, that this is not the Nebraska you and I grew up with. Um, it, oh, certainly it's just not. not. No, no, not even close though. I mean, it's it's just a bad football team, and I, my inclination is to say Ohio State is is making people pay now for that Oklahoma loss, like you pointed out with with Oklahoma. We'll try to do. I think Ohio right. State's been doing that. It's like, okay, good. We played like crap against Oklahoma. We get it. We got to win this conference, and we're going to score 50 and 60 points every week when we do it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's yeah. That. Well, that, that's, that's possibly, that could possibly be the case, but um, this is yeah. still Nebraska. So we'll see. We'll see what yeah. uh, my thoughts are. We'll see what on your on pick this. is. Yeah, where I'll be Saturday night in the swamp, Florida at home against Texas A&M, late start, 7 p.m. Um, Florida's a slight favorite. You know, I don't mess with these things. So, um, you know, what are your thoughts on Florida taking on Texas A&M? Well, you know, my thoughts after the game last week, as I was blowing up your phone, I, I almost sure. lost the television. Thank God the Dodgers were coming on because otherwise I might have just said the hell with it and let the controller go through the living room and went and bought a new one because, I mean, right. man, when they made Tough that comeback lose. and the kid misses the extra point, I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, one of the most improbable things to happen um, for the Florida football team. It's if not an NFL extra consistent. point, folks, by the way. College still no, kicks it for 20 yards. I think I, mean, I can hold and Chad could kick one through right now, okay? Yeah, I'm, and there are two consistent things, Emil, for Florida football <laughs> over the last three years. It's been place kicking and punting. Um, and then you had the punter holding for the place kicker, and that went wrong in that game. So I guess it was just in the cards for you. I, I like Florida in this spot, not not as a fan. I, I think playing Alabama takes a lot out of a, of, of a program. Um, they're so physical. It's Alabama. I mean, Texas A&M played very well last week against Alabama. Did a nice job. Went down 27 to 19. But uh, I mean, no shame there. Played a good game defensively, and now they've got to go on the road, um, get back up and play in the swamp. I think Florida's got to be. If if you're not pissed off losing a game to LSU on a missed extra point at home, I don't know what pisses you off. So. I kind of like Florida in this game. I think I think the offense will play a little bit better, um, and I think I, I expect the defense to be ready to roll in this one. South Carolina and Tennessee, uh, this is it for Butch. Um, if he loses this game, I think it might be over for the man. Um, nevertheless, I three and a half game, by the way. I have a pick on Did this you one really? for you. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, well, how about that? I, you know what? I like Tennessee in this game. Um Okay. But uh, like I said, they don't come out and beat South Carolina here at home. Uh, but you might not make it out of Neyland Stadium. So um, I, we're, we're going to find out what Tennessee football players think of Butch Jones in this contest, just the way that they play. If they do the whole Tennessee, what they've been doing over the last couple of years, fight all the way to the end, um, and, and can come up with a win in this game, then we'll understand it. If they lay down and South Carolina runs through these guys, then I think administration uh, at Tennessee knows that it's time for a butch to go. So um, very interesting game uh, for me to see what's going on there. Auburn and LSU. Auburn, seven point three. I don't know, Amo. I'm just not – I don't know why I'm not sold on Auburn. I don't know what it yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, I'm I don't know what to do here. I mean, uh, I'm not buying Auburn – 
if Auburn covers this spread, then you, you'll be coloring me very impressed with Auburn. I mean, I know the only loss is Clemson on the road, so there's no shame there. And they they seem to have the offense going the last three weeks, 51, 49, 44 points. They go to LSU. We talked about them rallying to win against Florida after that embarrassing home loss to Troy. I just don't know. Neither team is predictable to me. I have a hard time giving any kind of educated opinion because they're a box of chocolates, as you like to say, and you got to turn it right. over to see what you're going to get. <laughs> yeah, I'm just not sold on them. I'm not seven-point road favorite against LSU sold on Auburn. So um, if I had to go anyway in this, I'm, I would I would take the Tigers, the ones that are at home, LSU, over Auburn in this one. Michigan State and Minnesota – uh, eight o'clock start there. I have, I have a pick. This is my third game that I'm picking here. Uh, and so I have a pick on that one. I don't know if you care. It's Michigan state and it's Minnesota, but I have a pick. on. Well, I have a feeling I know your pick, but maybe I'm wrong. I just don't like Michigan state in this spot. I don't like Minnesota enough to back them, but I really coming off that wind against Michigan in the rain, big win. I, I, I'm not sure Michigan state's the Michigan state we're used to seeing from two years ago yet. Um, they're they're trying to build back up to that. Uh, Notre Dame thumped them pretty good in that game earlier. So we'll see what you pick. But I, I, I probably would just pass this. If I had to pick it, I'd probably take the home team with the points. Oregon and Stanford, if you're on the East Coast and you really want to see this game, it's an 11 o'clock start. Get your coffee together. You're going to need to drink a few cups if you want to stay up to the end of this one. Uh, remember when this game was for everything in the Pac-12? And uh, a Stanford would usually beat a very high-powered Oregon team. Well, it's uh, not exactly that anymore, but still an interesting matchup. Stanford is a 10-point favorite, um, which is heavy. I don't know what to make of Oregon. They really beat up on people they should beat up on, and then um, they're kind of iffy against others. So I don't, I'm not I don't sure know they can stand with. up to the physicality of Stanford. And, and It's always been you know, the issue. Pardon me? It's always been an issue for for. Well, uh, you know, this Oregon. kid, this kid, love for Stanford is quietly the Heisman Trophy front runner. He should be, and I don't know if anybody really understands how good this. Yeah, kid and is, I feel good playing. that I actually saw the kid in person against the, uh, yeah. your Trojans. So. Oh, I mean that kid. I mean, let me tell you something. Go look up his stats. I mean, he's the kid's got like twelve hundred yards or, you know, twelve hundred and fifty yards rushing in six games. He's averaging. I'm not making this up, folks. You could do it yourself. He's averaging ten and a half yards a carry. A carry. That's, a, that's yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. So, I mean, in this game, I I really would probably be on Stanford. I'm I'm really curious to see how this Taggart experiment works at Oregon. He has a good recruiting class so far, but they haven't signed the, le- the letters of intent yet. My question is, he seems to be mining your area down there in Florida where he knows people and bringing them all the way across the country to Oregon, and that's Hard to do because they get there. You might get them on campus. My question is, can you keep them there for three and four years? Right. Uh, yeah, no no doubt about that. And then the final game for me to talk about uh, or for us to talk about before we get into our picks, Georgia Tech and Miami. I'm a little scared of this game, Emil. Um, a lot, a big load uh, taken off of our back beating Florida State last week. This is a very mm-hmm. tough physical Georgia Tech team. And then odds makers go out and put this big number on us. Uh, top running back Mark Walton is out. The kid, um, the kid Travis Homer is a damn good running back. Not exactly Mark Walton, but very, very, very good. But I'm just worried about um, the I'm mindset. worried. This game scares me. This game scares me for the Canes. I, uh, 
I really they've wish they've handled been Georgia Tech the last couple of years. Game, though. I'll be honest with you. I wish this was a three point, three and a half point game. It's six and a half, and that bothers me. But they've handled. You know, the the one thing I'm holding hope here for the Canes is that they've handled Georgia Tech's option the last couple seasons. Years where I figure that you know they'd have trouble. Um, they did a good job the last couple of years and beat this team. So. I'm hoping that whatever that formula is they got going defensively, that they figured this triple option out. But this is one of those games where if you fall behind early and Georgia Tech gets you know gets feeling good about themselves, and then they start running that play continually, that, that option, bang, bang, the clock's running, you could find yourself in trouble in the fourth quarter against a team like this. It's important for Miami to start quick in this game, I think. Yeah, and it, you know what? And I think the part you, you you may be forgetting here is that Mark Rick uh, saw Georgia Tech every year, so that certainly helps now that you're over at Miami. You've sure, with good, good whole, point. Very good point. Yeah, know, that, that, that could help a lot. Yeah, very experienced against it. All right, let's get into these picks. College is supposed to be my thing, so you get to go first. Um, let's talk about – I don't even know where we are record-wise, by the way. Well, way. last so week – well, let's just lay out records rather than going through the picks. Last week we both went one and two in college football. So for the season in college, believe it or not, and it's reversed in the NFL when we get to that, in college I'm four and five and you're three and six. So we've got work to do, Chad. We've got some work to do. Yeah, i got some cleaning up to do, no doubt about you it. you got some so. cleaning up. Um, you ready? Yeah, about that whole supposed to be my thing. You want to go first? No, no, no. Have at it, my friend. You're first, I'm second, and we'll hit the second. Okay, let's really start good. with the Red River, Red River rivalry. And, you know, so there's going to be the folks out. There's folks running to the window with Oklahoma money. That line's rising because they think Oklahoma's pissed. And they probably are pissed, but you hit the nail on the head. They lost at home for a reason last week. For some reason, Oklahoma has not really been into defense now for quite a while. It used to be a school that played a lot of defense back in the day. Not anymore. When you want to cover nine-point lines, first thing you got to do is you got to play defense. That that allows you to blow the team out. You got to get turnovers. I don't think they play enough defense. And I really like this Herman guy. And when he's an underdog, we we, we his first loss as an underdog as a head coach or coordinator came in that double overtime loss at USC. Outright loss. That's the first time he mm-hmm. lost. This mm-hmm. guy loves the underdog role. And he gets nine points. And Texas is playing really good the last couple of weeks. I like what they're doing there, the direction. I'm going to take the horns plus the nine. Okay? okay. Now, we roll into Nashville, or nah, Knoxville, Nashville, wrong, wrong Tennessee school, Knoxville. And we have Tennessee giving three and a half to South Carolina. Uh, I'd say the opposite of what you think. I think this is it for Butch. He's done. I've got two programs going in completely opposite trajectories. I like where South Carolina's headed. I think that I think that you know Muschamp is doing a good job there. He's got them playing really competitive football again. Uh, I see nothing here from Tennessee. They should have lost the Georgia Tech game early. They got lucky in that game. Uh, they beat UMass 17-13. This is not a Tennessee team that I see beating a, a pretty good South Carolina team. I'll take South Carolina out with the three and a half points. And then finally, uh, I go to the Big 12 at my you know my own peril. I, I just yeah. don't like. Texas Tech on the road is just a school that I've never really felt comfortable with. When they get out of Lubbock, they seem like a completely different program. I think West Virginia is a little bit. Uh, I mean, have they been all that awesome in Lubbock? But go ahead. No, but at least in Lubbock, they stand a a puncher's chance against good schools. I mean, they're only getting three and a half points here, and they're going up here, coming up north to West Virginia. And I think West Virginia is a little bit better than people thought. I'm going to lay the three and a half there. 
with West Virginia. I, I think they're going to win this game comfortable, comfortably by 10, 14 points. Yeah, uh, three solid ones there. You know, I was I didn't know where to go with with Tennessee. I'm just uh, back in Butch. It just, you know, I I I had a little piece the other day that I wrote maybe a couple of weeks ago about you know let's slow down on firing coaches and part of that was Butch Jones. But it's you know what Butch Jones' situation is looking a lot like Brady Hoke's is that look outside pressure is really torn away at this thing. Um, and people just yeah. didn't want to be patient. And I don't know what it is Tennessee fans think. Um, I don't know if they think everyone is going to come running to be the coach of the Tennessee Volunteers. They don't realize just how difficult it is to recruit for Tennessee. You don't have a bunch of in-state talent. Um, and then when you venture outside of the state, you're dealing with Alabama and Auburn and LSU and Georgia for for those recruits. This is not an and easy Florida. job. And Florida. And Florida. And Florida. Yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 not an easy job, and I don't know what they expect. I mean, you ran Philip Fulmer out of there, and you have regrets now. Butch Jones is in there, and I saw a team that was fighting. I love the way Tennessee fought in every game. At some point, that's oh, last year Tennessee Tennessee showed a lot of fight, but it's a spoiled fan base. They've done a lot of winning historically over the years, and uh, they expect to, you know, toss the helmets on the field with the T on them, and they're going to win. And sometimes it doesn't and work you that have way. One so. national championship um, in modern history, so I don't, you know, I don't know what they expect. Well, no, it's been, you, you know what I'm saying. It's been a, a program that traditionally was one of the better schools over the years in the SEC, and, and they're they're just spoiled. They're they're used to, you know they 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 think the program's better than it is right now. That's the problem. Yeah, quite quite clearly that seems to be the case. All right, here's what I'm going with. First of all, in the Pac-12, your USC Trojans at home against Utah. I agree, the line stinks, um, and normally that would give me pause. But you know what? I just went off a of first instinct. Thirteen points, even with Tyler Huntley, the quarterback for Utah, being out, just seems to be too many points for a USC team that I think. Still has some issues uh, on the defensive side of the ball that they need to address. Utah always comes in, plays tough, never say die. I just think that's a lot of points. And I think even in a case where if USC is having a great game, back door is still open on a number like 13. So I'm going to back Utah on this one. It should be a better game than that, I think. Ohio State um, taking on Nebraska. Nobody does angry football better than Urban Meyer's teams, and he definitely has the talent for it. Yep, they took that early loss. That means everyone on the schedule must pay, and Nebraska looks right for the picking. I put a little trust in Nebraska last week um, at home against Wisconsin, and they laid a total egg that tells me they just don't have it. And when you don't have it, um, what little you do have, Ohio State will come to town and take, and I fully expect them to come in and do that. They know the number. They know they need to cross that number. They need to beat the Vegas line to remain relevant and talked about and in the mix for this thing. And so Ohio State's job, and uh, it might even sit uh, on the game plan this week, cover the points. <laughs> I think that's just what they're going to do against them. Could you imagine that being the slogan on the front page? Sure, of the game cover plan? the points. Cover, cover the 24 cover, and a half, boys. Let's go. Let's go out there. With, with a big red circle around it. That might cause a little bit of an outrage. All right, and then staying in the Big Ten, Michigan State, big emotional win for them last week. A, really a surprise to me that they were able to pull that off. They're going to be super giddy. Michigan State, not the Michigan State that they were a couple of years ago um, and several years leading up to that. So you're just not that good to come off of that win, have your mind together, and then be a road favorite against a tough Minnesota team. People don't really talk about Minnesota. And, you know, there's a whole lot of other teams to talk about in the Big Ten. Um, but Minnesota is a tough club. 
And, you know, going there to Minnesota and taking on this very tough squad is, you know, it's not a, it's not an easy thing uh, for folks to do. So I, you know, I I like Minnesota in this game. I like them getting the three and a half points at home. So I'm going to back Minnesota. So those are my picks. Utah plus 13, Ohio state lane, 24 and a half and Minnesota, Minnesota, uh, plus three and a half. I think that's what I should call them. You ready to roll out your NFL picks? Let's roll, man. No breaks for us now, here. Now, the NFL, you're four and five, and I'm three and six. So, you see you see this thing here. We're seven and nine overall. We got work to do, Chad. A lot of work. Here. Definitely not getting it done right now. But uh, I'm going to jump in there first with, with my NFL picks. Um, I picked them last week. They didn't get the job done for me. But, damn it, Amal, they should have. They were a drop pass in the end zone away for, from uh, getting it done for me. And that's the L.A. Rams. Played pretty well against Seattle at home. And this is a better ball team. Um, then I think people realize this is a, this is a, 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 my dare say a good football team. And here they are. I can't get my mind wrapped around Jacksonville Jaguars as favorites. Uh, they got themselves a very nice and unexpected win against, um, you know, one of their bullies over the past few years, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't expect them to come back together this week with their mind intact. The Rams will be motivated off of the loss. And I like them getting points against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I'm going to take the Rams Dollar stick there, if you ask me. Okay, go ahead. Um, yeah, I've been down on the Baltimore Ravens. They went out to Oakland and got things done there. Doesn't mean I'm back on their bandwagon, but the Bears are not a good football team right now, and they're starting a rookie at quarterback. Maybe there were some good things that he did, but you, you now you got a short week with a rookie, and I don't like that combination. Um, the Ravens are at home, looking to get their act together. Um, they're seeing some opportunities within their division, and they really need to play well here. I think they're going to come. If, if the Ravens can do anything, it's get after a quarterback, and I think they're going to be hell on this rookie. So he's going to look even more like a rookie in this contest. So I'm going to take the Ravens as six-and-a-half-point favorites at home. And then finally, you know, I've been one guy, i got to say, totally petrified of going against this particular team just because they've been the most dominant football team in the NFL over the last, uh, you know, I want to say decade, but even longer than that. And I've been burned before when messing around with the new England Patriots, but I did have to go back in the data banks and realize I've not been burned when I've gone against the Patriots when it relates to the jets. And this goes back. The jets always play the Patriots tough. Something's going on with this Patriot football team and they can't play defense. And, yes, they did get a win last week. Yes, there weren't a ton of points scored against them uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but still things aren't right on that side of the ball. And if you're going to go be a nine-point favorite and cover in the National Football League, you gotta be you got to play some good defense, and I just don't think they're doing that. And the Jets have been playing surprisingly well. I think the Jets have yes. acquired the future wins of the New York Giants that were going to come this season, and they've acquired those somehow in some kind of a trade, and they're playing a whole lot better than anyone expected. So I like the Jets. They're a live home underdog uh, at nine points. I'm going to take them against the New England Patriots. So that's that's my lineup. Taking the Rams plus three. I'm taking the Ravens at home as six-and-a-half-point favorites, and then the Jets plus nine. Wow. Okay, well, you know, let's start off where we agree. I mean, you know, I'm on the Jets. Uh, the Patriots, this is not the same team that ended last season. There's no Julian Edelman. There's no defense, So you and frankly. I are fading the Patriots. This can't be good. No, we're fading them. You know, there's no Julian Edelman, no defense. I mean, that Tampa Bay game, they easily could have lost the game. Um, Tampa Bay's, you know, kick kicking game was a disaster. Uh, I just don't like what I'm seeing there. I think the Jets, as an organization, hate the Patriots, truly hate them. So I think they'll give them everything they've got. 
and nine points is a big number when you're on the road in the NFL. So I'm going to take the Jets plus the nine. Um, I'm coming back here. The Cleveland Browns, that's one thing that is consistent. They're horrible. They're horrible every year. Um, Somehow they could have had Deshaun Watson, and they chose to just wait and take the wrong Deshaun with different spelling. Uh, The kid from Notre Dame, Kaiser, who's a turnover machine, okay? And now they go to Houston. The Texans found their quarterback. And, you know, last couple of years we've seen it. Um, Give me guys that played a lot of football in college. uh, Dak Prescott, he's pretty good. Deshaun Watson, I think you got your quarterback, Houston, and I think you got a blowout win here. I I see them by like 17 in this game. I'll take the Texans in nine and a half. And then finally, old saying in football, when a guy is pondering retirement, he's already retired. Okay, Ben Mm -hmm. Roethlisberger showed me he's retired. That post-game press conference where he said, you know, maybe I don't have it anymore – you knocked me out of my survivor pool, Ben. You threw five interceptions. Oh, I Count see em. what this is. Five. Five. Okay. They were my Super Bowl pick. I'm, I'm in the concussion protocol, folks, for picking the Steelers. <laughs> I forgot about I, that. I don't see how they win this game at Kansas City. And, you know, getting four, I know they can lose by three. But they've basically got to be playing Kansas City tough. I don't see it. I think the Kansas City Chiefs right now, are by far and away at this stage of the season the best team in the NFL. And at home, I just see them winning this game by at least a touchdown, so I'll lay the four with the Chiefs. Yeah, this is one, Amo, where the line scared me. Look, you had the whole thing with what Ben said. Uh, I thought this thing would be like six, six and a half. And when it comes to the, I get even more leery with NFL lines when they look a little kooky. And the Chiefs at four – Messed with Let my me head. explain something, though, and you know this. You're just not thinking clearly. This, there's, there's three or four teams in the NFL which are pure public teams. One of them, my team, the Cowboys. Another mm-hmm. one is the Packers. And another one's the Steelers. The Steelers, those three teams will typically get a ton of public money. And people running through Vegas for the week on vacation, they bet those teams because they have the three biggest fan bases. So I'm never really as leery with Steeler games because I know their point spread is going to be inflated when they're a favorite and deflated when they're an underdog because of the money coming in because they're the Steelers. So normally I'd agree with you, but I just think the Steelers get a lot of public money. Uh, And I think Kansas City is a boring team in the Midwest that a lot of NFL fans who, who aren't diehard fans don't really know much about. They know that they, you know, they have those red uniforms and they have pretty good fans, and that's about the extent of what they know about Kansas City. Um, okay, I'll buy that. Let's see if this thing works out here for you. Let's talk about a couple of other games real quick before I let you go. And, again, if you're uh, tuning in right now to hear about uh, Florida high school football, Joshua Wilson will be joining me here in a few minutes. But let's talk about this. You know what? I, here's a couple of other games I almost made a pick. I almost backed the Saints four and a half versus the Lions. Why? That line's nuts. Lions been playing good ball. The Saints um, have been, to me, a little bit of a mess, and they just got rid of a, a, a problem, I guess, if you could call them that. They sent Adrian Peterson off to Arizona. Just Saints haven't been that great, but they're four and a half point favorites. I, I almost backed them just off of that. Two and two Saints. Yeah, you know what? Um, the Lions, that was a bad loss last week. Um you got to win that game at home against the Panthers. I mean, we saw the Panthers last night. I mean, the Eagles beat them in, in Carolina. Uh, Newton, to me, still doesn't look completely comfortable throwing a football. There's just passes he 
you know, I shake my head sometimes. He's a great athlete, but um, I don't know. That loss last week for the Lions really makes me raise an eyebrow, so I'm with you on this. I think the Saints, right. it's a stinky line, so I think the Saints might come out and roll them. Here's a line that uh, – and, and and listen, the word line is a, is a really touchy word uh, when it comes to the Miami Dolphins these days. <laughs> but uh, the, the Falcons have a, a really long line here against the Dolphins at 13. Yes, Miami can't find the end zone. Um, they have a hard time crossing that white line. They should have gotten their all-line coach out there in front. He seems to know where all the white lines are. He knows he where they are. He should have gotten to that goal line quick. But nevertheless, 13-point favorites, is that a little excessive? Is there a, Should we throw a flag on the play there? Nah, they're coming off a bye in Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta's coming off a bye. I think the Dolphins were seeing the Jay Cutler era unfold before our eyes, and mm-hmm. it ain't pretty. Um, I wouldn't bet the game. I don't like laying those kind of numbers in professional football, but if you forced me to pay, make a pick, I'd, I'd lay the points with Atlanta. I don't like where the Dolphins are headed this year. Yeah, um, a whole lot less than what anyone expected, and we thought Jay Cutler would be better. Why, why did we do that? Why did we think that? Uh, you know, don't blame me. I didn't think Jay Cutler would be better. Ah, <laughs> uh, Jay Cutler. He was going to be the savior and take him to the Super Bowl. Jay Cutler. All right, nevertheless, uh, here's another big line. The Giants, can anything else go wrong for the Giants this week? I, every receiver got hurt last week, um, and then your cornerback, one of your cornerbacks, can't decide if he wants to be in the building or out of the building, keeps having meetings and then leaving the facility. So they said, you know what, just stay away. Dominic Rogers, Cromarty, um, suspended indefinitely. How is he going to take um, care of those? Doesn't he have like nine kids with like seven? No, 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 no not, like not that, that Cromarty. See, see that there? You're just lumping all the Cromarties in. Oh, is that, that a that different Cromarty? I, I think oh, this yeah. Cromarty might too, though. Seriously. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I know the other – is that the other Cromartie that has the yeah, nine Antonio children Cromartie. with like seven women? That's okay. like one guy, Antonio Cromartie, if he ever would have come out and be like, hey, listen, I'm going to take some time away from the game to uh, be with my family, I would totally get it. <laughs> <laughs> like I would never argue with that guy. Well, he'd have to that. spend half the time traveling because I think his family's in all different places all over. Yeah, but then together, the flip man. side is – Hey, man, 10, 12 kids, 13 kids, whatever the latest number is with nine or 10 women, you need to play NFL games and get that check. Like, he must be bringing home $75 uh, every Tuesday. <laughs> he has done paying child support. Yeah, I mean, that's he just has, gas. He has enough for ramen support. noodles. <laughs> <laughs> but the Broncos, man, huge 11.5-point favorites. Um is there any way the Giants cannot get blown out against Denver? Uh, this I almost made this a pick. This has the potential to be the biggest blow of the weekend. Be- oh, well, look okay. at it. How are the Giants going to score 14 points in this game against the Broncos' defense on the road? They've got really no receivers. Their offensive line couldn't block. I mean, I think you and I could generate a pass rush if we lined up at end against the Giants' I- offensive line. It's horrible. I think they're running QB sweep with Eli Manning, just as punishment, I think. Do you, uh, maybe do you agree with me? Do you see any way the Giants It would be very hard to game. score. You have no running game. Your left tackle can't block, and you don't have – you're pulling guys off the street to play wide receiver and catch passes for you. And how's Eli going to hit anybody because he doesn't know how to throw the ball to anyone that doesn't have the number 13 on. So I don't know how in the hell you're going to score points. I, I mean, the, unless the Broncos totally fall asleep at the wheel – you're talking about one of the best, if not the best, secondary in football right now. They're just – I can't see them allowing 
these guys lining up at receiver for the Giants to catch a football this weekend? Here's your hope if you're if 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 you're trying to figure out an angle to take the dog here. The Denver game plan. They look and say, listen, we have a young quarterback. We're playing a good defense still. The Giants have some talent there, of course. We're not going to give them any chance in this game where we turn it over and give them a short field. So we're going to play conservative. When we're inside our own 30, we're going to run the ball. If we have to punt, that's not a bad thing. And this turns into some sort of like 17-6 to or 16-6 to type game where Denver just goes out and, and just outpoints them to use the analogy in a boxing match. You know, just goes out there, runs around the ring, knowing that the only way the Giants can upset them is if they turn the ball over. That's your only chance here, in my opinion, if, you, if you're looking for a cover for the underdog. Yeah, nice try, Emil. I, I, this has blowout written all over it. And with that, um, I think we're going we're gonna to wrap this whole thing up. That just looks like um, – and that's a Sunday night game, isn't it? Yes. Well, yeah, but you and I will be watching baseball, right? Yeah, yeah, um, I'm definitely. So you got you got the Yankees Sunday afternoon at 4:30, and I'm sure you're going to be interested now that we're at the end and your your team's in the hunt. You'll watch that Dodger Cub game at eight o'clock. I'm yeah, I'm going to scout. I'm going to I'm going to scout. You got to scout ahead. You got advanced I'm scout. Scout the potential um, uh, opponent for the Yankees should they get by the Astros. But um, anyway. We'll call it a we'll call it a, an NFL college segment there, Emil, and go out enjoy your weekend, watch some games. I'll be in Gainesville um, and traveling probably on Sunday morning, but nevertheless, enjoy the weekend. I'm gonna jump into the break when I get back. Okay. It's time to talk Florida high school football here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Sure, summer's gone, winter's here, but that doesn't mean everyone's putting their t-shirts away. Whether it's the company recreational basketball team, the youth soccer league for the kids, or the Halloween party your buddy throws every year, t-shirts are as much a part of the American culture as Tom Brady deflating footballs. Screen printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay even higher prices. More colors, more costly. The answer? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. Whether it's your 7-on-7 team, your child's birthday party, or the family reunion, you can do it yourself and they'll look great. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, do the wording, whatever you want, print it on your own inkjet paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, and iron it on with your own hand iron. The design or pictures you put on your t-shirts are limited only by your own imagination and creativity. If you dream it up and design it, the paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com can get it onto your t-shirt. By the way, don't worry if you haven't done it before. As T-Shirt Supplies has first-rate customer service, they'll help you get the right paper for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirt, no hyphen, supplies pearl, all one word, dot com. Or call them at 1-877-857-2737. That's 1-857-85-PAPER. T-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now.
All right, 11-19, we're back here on the Good Iron Stud Show. Time to talk some high school football, Florida high school football to be exact, and who better to have on than my next guest, Joshua Wilson from Florida, hsfootball.com. Josh, how you doing? Doing all right. Man, I had to feel good to see a game at Traz Powell on ESPN for a national audience. It's just not something – I don't know if that's ever been done. It's just not something that's done very often. And you had a classic matchup, Northwestern and uh, Carroll City, last night. Good to see that. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and for that to be based upon not just player rankings, but an actual real matchup. I mean, gee, sure. the ESPN finally wake up. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, you know, it was that's... great to have that. I, I, I just, it sucked that rain got involved in this thing and kind of sloppied it up a little bit. But um, I think it's something that should happen more often down here. I've just often wondered why some of the big games that we have every year at Tras Powell just don't get televised. I'm, you know, maybe there's a good reason, maybe there isn't, but I'd like to see more of it. Yeah, I mean, it, it helps. Hey, there, there's still some games left. Maybe ESPN might want to wake up and get these games on. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be nice. You know, I don't know what kind of experience they had uh, putting the game together You know, last night. Hopefully it was a good one and they'll continue to come back because it's a lot. I mean, that was, you know, at least in the early going, a lot of uh, a lot of action. If you're into football, big hits, um, some turnovers, you had some great returns. There was some pretty spectacular plays, um, some good, you know, some good, you know, individual performances. A lot of what you want to see if you're a high school football or just a football fan in general. Listen, we've got a short segment, so let's talk about some of the biggest games we're going to have tonight. What's the five biggest games we need to be paying attention to in uh, Florida high school football tonight? Well, well you, you might be biased on this one, but uh, that, that, uh, that American Heritage Cardinal Gibbons game tonight. Woo! Yeah, number one, number Man. two in Class 5A. Yeah, I would definitely put that on the list. I mean, I mean, Pinkus has got that as a heritage by a six. Uh, by six. I, I'm going to go the under on that one. <laughs> I think this is. Yeah. I think this one's a showdown. Yeah, no, 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 no doubt about it. It's you know what high school football is all about. If you come to American Heritage, it's because you want to play in games like this. And if you're Cardinal fans, definitely what you're looking forward to every year. So um, I, it feels good to be in the middle of something like that. Um, what's what's a what's another big one that we should be paying attention to? Uh, you know, some people some people are trying to write this game off, and this one I really feel like you know they're trying to write it off because they don't think Fleming Island is as good. But you got Barton Trail four and two, Fleming Island six and zero playing tonight. That's going to mm-hmm. be probably for the district championship right there in District Seven A three. So that right there for for those two teams, whoever wins that game, they're going to likely be the district champion. And, you know, some people are saying, you know, okay, Fleming Island has been pretty good this year, but they don't think their defense is going to be able to hold up on Barton Trail. Again, this is why they play the games on the field. I, I, but I still, I lean to Barton Trail on this one just because they're, they're, they're more experienced. They've had a little, they've had, they've had some bigger games in, in the process where Fleming Island has not just yet. Yeah. Let's be honest about seven, eight football in the state of Florida. It's not um, something that people pay a whole lot of attention to because, you know, St. Thomas is in 7A, and uh, at the beginning of every year, everyone wants to just hand it to St. Thomas. And, um, you know, it's kind of like Alabama being in the SEC, and then people will say there ain't much going on in 7A. We already know who's going to win it. But it's good to have a game like that tonight, at least, between these two teams. 
Yeah, and, and, and I'll point it out that St. Thomas Aquinas, just offensively, I'm not totally impressed still right now. There's still there, there's still some questions that if the right team hits it at the right moment against them in the playoffs, that man mm-hmm. St. Thomas might not be going back to Orlando this year. And that's yeah, gotta, they've and kind of opened an eye on that. Yeah, they've kind of opened themselves to a situation where on a, any given night. Um, in, in late November, December, something could happen there, and they could be out of this tournament. No doubt about that. What's number three big team, uh, big matchup we need uh, to pay attention play, to? Hey, Godby at Rickards tonight. Godby versus Rickards. That's Gene big Cox time. That's big time. Both teams undefeated. I mean, you, you talk about it. Corey Fuller for Godby. Quentin Lewis for Rickards. I mean, you talk about a showdown. That's the that, – and this is where the – Gobby wins. They win the District 5A2 championship. And that district's going to likely take all three teams out of their district into mm-hmm. the playoffs anyway. It's just it, – it, this is this is for the marbles. You talk about putting the marbles here. This is you, – you, or if you're playing Texas Hold'em, you're putting all the chips at the table. Yeah, and and a former, um, a former coach from Miramar down here back in their days where they were – um, really, really good and won a state title. T.Y. Conyers, who coached the wide receivers down here oh, from yeah. Miramar, is, is, is up in that um, uh, coaching for Rickard. So, um, you know, I know he's been talking a lot about it. Big game for him, big game for them. That's one I'm really going to uh, have my eyes on to, to, to take a look. Obviously, it's Class 5A, uh, so I have an interest there being at American Heritage. But that's just a really good football game in, this, in the state of Florida. What's number four on the list? Uh, let's go Flagler Pond Coast at Spruce Creek. Both teams undefeated. Travis Rowland, who's the head coach at Flagler Pond Coast, this is his first season there. Going from being a uh, you know a coordinator at Maitland for the last few years, you know a, you know a, a well-known six eight team to Miami Central or, or the Miami teams have faced the last few years in the playoffs. You, you, but now Flagler he's at Flagler Pond Coast, and mm-hmm. he just literally you, you talk about candidate for coach of the year. This is one of them right here. I mean, he's just literally, you know, just put a program that where they're competing. This is, this is for District Eight A One. This is a, for all the marbles again. Push all the chips to your table because this is this is for the district title here, pretty much. And Spruce Creek undefeated. Andy Price, who coached many years at Water Christian and took him to state championship games. Hey, hey, yeah, hey, and now I see the, now Spruce Creek. Is, and I see Spruce I Creek see I, 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 I see Pinkos like Spruce Creek in this one by a touch now. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of these games are just close this week, with, the, with, with especially with district title implications on it. You can tell that it's just it, – it's basically it's, you know, a touchdown or a lesson. This this is another game I would say go take the under if that's the case. Yeah, um, and then number five on your list. Uh, actually, this one, I'm going all the way out to the panhandle. It's Whirl. It's for it's for all the chips on the it, – it's for the marbles on the table for home field advantage most likely in, in Class 1A Region 1. Between mm-hmm. Chipley and Baker, you that is if both teams undefeated, someone's going to leave with a loss. And unfortunately, I mean, it, Pinkos has only got Chipley three three over by over Baker, and you know Baker played in the state championship game last year against Pahokee, and that's that's the thing is you know you, you're not, you're one seed, you're at home through the you're home through the for the through the regional bracket at least. Right. Hey, hey this is the game that fired it most likely. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. That that's also a big one. You don't get a chance to talk a lot about one uh, A football down here, so they got a big matchup in one A football tonight. So that's another score for you to be checking uh, while you're running through Twitter tonight. You know, listen, uh, look, you get games, you have you have games that are blowouts, but I'm looking through this thing this week. 
we've got about a good four or five games that Pinkos has 70-point-plus spreads on here. Fletcher over Andrew Jackson. He's got him by 70. Oh, yeah. He's got, he's got you know, Plant going to crush somebody tonight by 73. Uh, and this might be the, the biggest one I think I've ever seen. I don't know if his computer is broken. Armwood by 83 over King. I mean, those are hard oh, games hey. to play. What do you get out of those I, games, you know? It's just it, it, it's it's one sided affairs basically. I mean, he had Pinkos had one a couple of weeks ago where it was Andrew Jackson versus Reigns, and he had Reigns favored by seventy seven. Reigns put up seventy eight on him, so he was all talk know, about beating the number. Yeah, I mean, talk, yeah, talk about beating the number. number. I mean, it, it, it's just it's it's one of those things. I mean. It, it just tells you, you know, and, and that's a, and on a lot of these games are district games, so it kind of just tells you right there. It's like, well, you know, it's you know, it it, it kind of tells you there's some things lopsided. Maybe maybe the, maybe the FHA needs to look at a system of relegation relegation and promotion or something like that. You know, some people are talking about that. You know, it's like yeah, well, well we do have that independent. And we have, yeah, we have. Yeah. Um, finally, what what did you think of the game last night? Did that go the way that you thought it would go? Did you think Cal City would be the winner? Was that the expected result between uh, Northwestern and Cal I, City? I, I, I was leaning Northwestern. I mean, it was it was you know Northwestern proved to be the better team. Carroll City did you know shock a lot of people when they beat Southridge by forty four nothing. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's no question of doubt that I think that tells you Southridge just got some there's some trouble going on at Southridge all of a sudden and Carroll right. City. I, I, the thing is, I tell people I I had that district six six a sixteen circled anyways when this this whole system came out, and I said mm. this will be one district of tight four teams. Who and do you think it, wins it's it though? Proving so far, oh, you know I, I Central has shown that they're on the comeback. I, I'd like to go Central here, but I mean either one. I mean between Central and Northwestern, it's going to become down between it's coming down to those two. I can't we wait already for know that, that game. Yeah, can't definitely but can't you, wait for that take, game. But you're going to take Central, you're going to take Northwestern, you're taking Carroll City, and you're most likely going, you're probably going to take Norland out of that district. That's four teams out of that district. Yeah, you so know, the wars are going like, to continue well, is- even to the playoffs. So that's the good thing about this point system. Um, it's not just over in a regular season. So we're going to have to leave it there, man. A short segment this week, but you're back on with me every week. So. Uh, I'm sure we'll have a whole lot of great things to talk about, especially those big five. So thanks for coming on. And uh, again, tonight, you definitely got to be on this Twitter account. Um, It's where I am at the end of every game. And that's at FLAHS football, FLAHS football. You want to follow that on Twitter. And I got my scoreboard show 10 to midnight on NFHSnetwork.com and that's free. So yeah. Awesome. Check all that stuff out while you're in the bus or you're heading home from uh, your individual game. You got to know what's going on around the rest of the state. Josh, again, thanks for joining us here on the Great Iron Stud Show. All right. Take it easy. Appreciate it, Chad. All right. And that's it for us here. Another great uh, Friday, football Friday show. We're actually able to get this one off this week. Uh, thank you, Blog Talk Radio, for working this time. Um, but again, if you're listening to this on the archive version, um, and thanks for tuning in, first of all, and I hope you enjoy all the action this weekend. It starts tonight with several big games in high school football, spills over into the college football action on Saturday, and then, of course, your Sunday NFL action. We covered it all here for you on the show today. So, again, I want to thank you all for listening to the Gridiron Stud Show, and uh, we enjoy having you as a listener of the show. Do continue to do that and tell a friend about the Gridiron Stud Show. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Well, I've been 
Hey, hey, do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payouts. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! 